Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Hey, welcome back to the 1138 podcast after over a year of not recording a single episode. We are back and we're back with a treat today with my good friend Trevor Petty. He lives in Greeley, Colorado, about 30 minutes away from me. He's a campus minister there. Uh, He's just done a lot of ministry over the last uh, 10, 15 years. He and I have become friends over the last several years, which you'll hear about in the podcast. And I think Trevor is just an all-around great, great guy. Um, I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. We recorded it right here at my house uh, together since we live nearby. And so um, this is actually the second episode that I've done in person um, over the course of the history of our podcast. But just a quick note, obviously, we haven't been here for about a year. Um, the reason for that was just lots of um, scheduling issues with uh, guests and uh, just being able to get people to uh, say yes. Or We continue to have a long list of people that we want to get interviewed, but it takes some time. So uh, thanks for your patience. I hope you, um, you know, haven't forgot about us. But as we're jumping back in here in March 2022, the plan is to keep going with this podcast and get some more uh, guests to come on. So today, Trevor Petty will share about his life. He's an author of the book Strange Revolution. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's a son. He's a friend. um, He's a brother. And he plays lots of roles in life. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy getting to know Trevor. So thanks for listening. And I hope this time does help you uh, go forward in the name of Jesus. All right, here's Trevor. And so I seriously want to thank you for being on my podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. I think it was probably like a year ago when you were like, hey, Trevor, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, yeah, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's uh, probably every guest I contact says something like that. Okay, so I have some pre-recorded questions that I always ask my guests, and Trevor knows these because I sent them to him as well. But I want to open up our time by telling you, um, Trevor, that uh, when I think about you, I, I really think, and I've been thinking a lot about this recently, I really think God's given me a friend in you. And I'm not just trying to butter you up or, you know, kind of, uh, you know, do anything like that because you're on my podcast. But really, I mean, we came here almost four years ago, really knowing nobody, essentially, except our team. Uh, A lot of that has changed, as you well know, in my life. But what's been there all these time and all these four years almost, and then I think it's growing, it's just a relationship. And I'm loving that. And I think about when we met, I I love your curiosity. I love your experience. You have a lot of experience in the Lord and in ministry, which we share a lot of cool ministry talks with. I think you're really thoughtful. I think you're really kind. I think you're like super athletic, but you never show it. (laughs) (laughs) And I do think people will benefit from getting to hear from you. And so I started the podcast. I named it 1138 after Hebrews 1138 that hall of fame, um, you know, chapter in Hebrews and the Bible says that the world was not worthy of those people. A lot of them are unnamed, but 
world is not worthy. So I think that the world is not worthy of you, my friend. What do you think about all that? Yeah, <laughs> that's overwhelming, man. Like, so I don't know if they know this. So like, he had sent me uh, the, just the, some of the questions, and it, you think even that, and even then when I read, it, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, and it, this is like awkward. It's like oh, I'm gonna say really nice things to you. <laughs> it's uh, and then you're gonna ask how I feel about it. Oh. We, we like, I feel like we should do this podcast every week and you can read that to me again every time. I think that's... Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Um, Let's set it up. No, I, I mean, like, obviously I'm flattered. Um, I think I think probably a lot of people feel this, but that it's easy to feel unseen and unnoticed or overlooked. And, like, mm. I think at, at least in, for whatever reason, in, in ministry or uh, in life, um, it's just not often that that someone like grabs you and says those kind of things. And so uh, it means a lot to me that you would say that. And yeah. uh, um, I don't know. And I'm, it warms my heart. Not just that you'd say nice things about me, but um, that I don't know that you would see and get to enjoy that friendship and that camaraderie. And so, uh, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, uh, Trevor and I, we probably get together what? Once a month on average, yeah, maybe. Um, and I, you know, if you know Trevor, you might know this. It comes out from time to time. But Trevor, and maybe we all do this, right? But but Trevor will say something like, you know, there's Trevor coming out. You know, like you'll say something about, you know, your personality or the way you think. And and, and I'm always just amused because I, I, I just like he's such a good guy. Like, you know, and so, you know, it just it cracks me up um, that. You know, I feel like I, maybe I'm your personal hype man. I want, that's the role I want to have in your life. <laughs> but I don't know. So we did meet um, maybe before we moved here. On the, I can't quite remember. But but I want to ask you, oh, yeah. how, how do you remember Whoa. us meeting? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of... Right. Yeah. Tell us, I, tell us how we met. Tell the audience how we met. And by the way, we have a dog. I have a dog here. I'm filming this in my living room. Again, we're trying to do this live. This is only the second episode I've done live. It was the first one I did with John Draghi and now with Trevor. So who knows if this is going to film out right. We have a dog. He's not, he's kind of annoying me right now. So if you hear a lot of clicking, that's what you're hearing. If you're watching us on YouTube, then you'll, you'll probably see the dog around. Anyhow, Trevor, how did we meet? Um, I just remembered uh, a, a, like a mutual friend of ours another campus minister had introduced to me, hey, I know somebody church planner coming to town you guys should hook up um and i it's like and at some point we got coffee or something i don't even know what it was um i just remember encountering somebody that seemed to have a bigger view of of god's kingdom and work than the specifics of like we could say is my ministry mm-hmm. or you know what i mean what mm-hmm. i'm doing what i um and i appreciated uh just rudy's openness and approach to what God might be doing, mm. how we might get to encourage, support mm-hmm. each other, walk alongside each other. Um, and just a very like, um, open way. And so that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm, cool. Yeah. I remember, um, similarly just thinking, this is a guy, I think that, uh, you know, probably think similarly that I do, which 
it's not always good to always have friends that only <laughs> think like you. We don't think exactly alike, so that also helps me. But but I, it kind of keeps me safe there. But I do like that. I remember thinking, this guy's sharp. Like he he thinks sharply about things, which I really appreciate. All right, so again, you know, just trying to get people. To, Hopefully the audience, if you've been listening to the 1130 podcast a year ago, then <laughs> you know me a little bit, but let's get to know Trevor. So what are some of the different roles you play in your life? Uh, so I'm, I'm married, which makes me a husband. Uh, my wife, Rachel, has been married uh, seven years. Um, I'm a dad. I've got two kiddos, four and uh, one and a half. Uh, so still kind of a new dad. I'm in that window of, you know... I feel like kind of settling in, but it's still, I haven't been to that that long. Um, I, um, I'm a campus minister, so I'm a minister in a, like I have that title, mm-hmm. in that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, I'd say often that role of like a mentor to college students as they're kind of figuring stuff out, mm-hmm. a companion on their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think teacher, mm-hmm. often teaching things. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm a writer. I was going to say, yeah, he's a writer. I wrote, I wrote a book. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. I am going to move this dog outside. <laughs> Excuse me. Audience, thanks for joining us. I just heard the... Yeah, we'll just see what happens here. Um, I may be driven crazy by my dog today. Welcome to the Rivera household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a writer. I was going to say, I hope you say you're a writer because okay. you wrote a book. Um... Okay, so father or husband, father, son. Did you mention oh, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah your parents recently, My permanently. Parents now are in Colorado, yeah. Yeah. Yep. They, they, actually, they live right between us, so we're about 35 minutes yeah. apart. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this in person, because we can, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, all right, so your roles. You got all the different roles, a lot of them, a lot of us have as well. Mm-hmm. But what gets you up in the morning? <laughs> Besides, uh, I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you can say whatever I, you want to say. say it's, like, it's one of my sons. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Usually, usually Lincoln, I think. But that changes from time to time. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, the yeah. average wake time? Now it's seven. Hey. Yeah, uh, and, and that usually means seven for one of us, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that just depends some on what kind of night it's been. But um, yeah, so usually seven. So that's good. Um, but yeah, in terms of like passions, I mean, in some sense, I think that's probably yeah. a meaningful description of like, I think I'm sure a lot of parents experience this, so like having kids is, is motivating in all kinds of ways. Mm. And I think that that's definitely true in my life. Um, but I, I mean, otherwise, you know, it comes to like kind of like a, a life mission. I just, the phrase of helping people on their, on their journey with God that's how in our ministry we describe things. Um, I'm very passionate about the story of Jesus as the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and getting to, to, to talk with people about that, to, to help people encounter Jesus, to help people do live with Jesus. Um, I don't know. That, that's what gets me fired up. Um, I have a ridiculous passion for um, Cardinal baseball. Uh, really? Which, yeah. 
See, and, this uh, is why we do the podcast. We yep. can get to know each other better. I've never heard him talk about this. It's not that ridiculous, I guess. Because I don't actually really watch baseball a lot. So it's odd that I would care. As a kid, I was a paper boy and would read the box scores. And just somehow, I don't know, statistic like, it's just, it's silly. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could look at, like, baseball statistics for, like, hours without noticing it. So... Nice. I, I don't, but that's yeah. Not hard. That wouldn't be hard. Yeah. So. Now, what is it? Just baseball, or can you do that with any sport? I, I mean, I grew up playing every sport, but I just don't care about other sports in that way. So, like, I don't follow. I don't know. I don't really watch a whole lot or whatever. But. Um. All right. So that, that okay. Now you've got me on baseball. So, <laughs> okay. So a sport where where you're highly successful if you're successful at batting mm-hmm. every third yeah. attempt. Yeah. I mean, you're off the charts if four out of ten. Yeah, it's you, like impossible. Like. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> what does that say about life, you? Yeah. Like, you're drawn to a sport where failure is primarily <laughs> the, the constant, and yet yeah. it's driv- you're driven to, like, achieve something at a third. I love that. For that reason, I love baseball. There you go. Yeah, but I'm curious what you think of that. Oh, I like it. Yeah? What do you like about that? Uh, because that's how life works. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's like how we think about success and failure. Mm-hmm. That like success in baseball isn't that you hit it every time and get on mm-hmm. base or hit a home run. Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, sure, and there may be stretches where that's happening, but that's not That's not the baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for what that, I mean, like in ministry, the whole, I'm going to hit it out of the park every time. It's like, nope. And in fact, like as much as you want to think that that's the case, or as much as you want to think that that's supposed to be the case, it actually is not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, that's, I don't know, God often works in much simpler and smaller ways and in ways that you have no idea. And even if you did hit out of the park, you're not going to know. And yeah. like, that's, uh, yeah, so there's a lot about that. I, I could, you know, it, some of the fun things about baseball is like, there's always like a, an intense and kind of slow competition, pitcher batter. Yep. Like everyone is on the stage. And even if you have the best hitter in the league, you may could still have the worst team because nine guys are all going to hit. Mm-hmm. And like th- that idea in terms of like, like we all come to bat. Hmm. We all share that load. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, the pitcher's most important. It's like, actually he's not. Mm-hmm. And he's only going to throw every fifth day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And so like, there's just these... The team dyma- dynamics is there's there is an individualism, um, and then there's also but like you have to have a team and you have to be part of a team and like you can't just have a first baseman and know their position like you, you <laughs> would be terrible you know. Have I, you ever played baseball that way when you were a kid? Oh yeah. Where you like we can only get five, and it's like hit it to this side of the field. Yeah, that's an out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so annoying. Get ghost runners and <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, my ghost runner was always fast. Yeah. <laughs> he always scored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, baseball is so interesting. One, it's dying in America, right? No, no. No, it's got to be. <laughs> you think it's alive? Oh, man. It's like, what? I think it's still ahead of basketball in terms of the money. Which is well, insurance. money, sure. A lot of people don't actually know that, too. But that, yeah. I, don't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, well, I don't know. So it's funny. Thinking about, like, what does baseball say, liking about that and thinking about life, it's like, how much better to think about that in life than like a sport where like someone's constantly trying to like break me. 
Like boxing? What are you talking about? Or football. Like, oh, football. Yeah, sure. Like, how about that analogy? Yeah. Like, I've got the ball and everyone's going to try to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's but a good that, point. That may play out sometimes, though. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I think... So I heard somebody recently, actually a friend of mine, said he thinks baseball for kids... Is actually not a great sport. Mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe I've, I've could have gotten his thought wrong. If you're listening, I won't say your name, but you'll know <laughs> who you are because <laughs> you've told me this before. Um, but yeah, he he says the pressure mm-hmm. on the pressure. batter and the pitcher, but mm-hmm. specifically bat probably in that order, batter and then pitcher. That when because the control is still not there, the mechanics aren't there. Yeah, and so all to your point, all the eyes are on that yeah. scene, and for some, those that survive it probably are <laughs> do well, yeah. do well. Yeah. But a lot of people don't survive it. it. And yeah. let me let me confess to all the listening yeah. <laughs> audience, I did not survive it. Yeah. Turns out that's how I figured out I needed glasses in second grade. So second grade, so I was seven years old. I quit baseball mm. because I would go home every day and cry. And I would tell my parents, I don't want to play anymore because I couldn't hit. Because I couldn't see the ball. Mm. And, uh, and so I actually, permit me my, 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 my story of victory. But I hit a triple in the championship game that we won that year. It was total luck. I, didn't, I literally didn't hit the ball all season except that one time. So I think I resonated with his thought because I probably am one of those statistics. But I'm curious... Do you have any thoughts on that? I, thought, I just figured you go the direction of like it's boring. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Because well, well, like, that's just, what's common, the I common thought. As a kid, yeah. unavoidably, I mean, like, T ball is just brutal. Yeah. Like, everyone stands around and, like, these poor kids in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I mean? It's just like, and heck, if a kid hits it, like, what's. <laughs> Who knows what's going to... Everything's a home run because yeah. is anyone going to catch anything? And mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's a way, like, I think with kids, it's just you're introducing some of the mecha- mechanisms of baseball mm-hmm. until an age when it can actually happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I think too of like, it's like kids soccer, you know, like mm-hmm. the mob and there's a ball somewhere in the middle of it and what's really happening. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it like, mm-hmm. but that there's kind of a, there is a group activity. Whatever. So no, I think that makes sense. So in terms of the pressure, and I, my thought would be that some of the pressure probably relates more to the audience. Mm-hmm. And how religious we are about our sports. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Um, but you you just said you're you're you could be religious in oh, reading yeah. sports. Yeah. So are you part of the problem, Trevor? I, I hope <laughs> this is confession time for yeah. Trevor. <laughs> are you part of the problem, Trevor? I sure hope not. <laughs> I've never tried to murder a ref. Oh, fair. Uh, but okay. I don't have kids playing sports yet, so we'll find out in the next five years. <laughs> Do you think you'll put your kids in? In youth oh, sports? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, yeah. you know, I think like most parents, like, we'll let them try stuff. Hopefully they find things they're interested in and we'll walk down that road with them, see where that goes. But I think as a parent, trying to navigate that, hopefully in a more <laughs> peacemaker kind of way of mm-hmm. like learning from the experiences, learning from the failures, mm-hmm. learning from the pressure and learning hopefully how to handle that in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, understand that there's more to things than that game there's more than that performance um but i think i mean there's ways that whether it be the kid at bat which is somewhat isolating you know i think as a kid i know as a team even i mean losses are just hard you get mm-hmm. 
you want to win and you don't. Or mm-hmm. you, I mean, free throws in basketball. Or I mean, there's I think there's the dropped catch in football. There's mm-hmm. there's always going to be like the personal f- failures mm-hmm. that in sport you go through and um, you have to deal with that. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. in some ways, I think sports is useful and mm-hmm. hopefully teaching and working through that, um, even though often it's not, and mm-hmm. <laughs> becomes the, like the horrific experiences and the terrible coach stories or the mm-hmm. embarrassing parent stories or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know? But hmm. I think there's opportunities, no matter what the sport, no matter who the kid or parent, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I, I like sports for a lot of reasons. Some of it is some of the things you were mentioning there. So, okay, shifting gears a bit here, but probably related. Um, you know, it, we're we're recording this in February, twenty twenty two, which is crazy to think it's already February. Um, but how are you feeling physically, emotionally, spiritually? And I'm thinking pandemic life, fatherhood, whatever you want to talk about. But, sure. you know, all of us have probably been through some form of uh, difficulties. So. Um, maybe just starting, like, physically, and you've heard a lot about this, is just, with, you know, with young kids and, let's say, in that season of probably more chaos of the adjusting, adjusting to a second, adjusting to no sleep or dealing with or... Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, sometimes just the complications of things are, like, um, it's just chaotic. And so, like, physically that's taxing. Um, mm-hmm. And so you've heard a lot about, there's just a lack of sleep. And, like, for a long time, he'd be like, hey, man, what can we pray for? I'd be like, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I think a few months later, he'd ask me, I'd be like, still sleep. <laughs> uh, every morning, always, I still pray. Always, always sleep, Rudy. That's, that is what we are praying for still. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think physically it's tired. The, the good news right now, though, is that, that like is recovering mm-hmm. like rich and i are getting more sleep and to the point where like there are more days that we wake up and we're like ah oh. mm-hmm. yeah you're ready <laughs> I feel refreshed yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, rather than just kind of like keeping my eyes open and functioning mm-hmm. even though i'm strained physically and so mm-hmm. um i think emotionally is that yeah right? emotionally spiritually, emotionally, kind of spiritually. holistically yeah, trying yeah. To get out. no absolutely um, I think probably in a way that most anyone could relate to. I mean, this is the last year or two, I'd say like raw and kind of frazzled. Mm. Like, mm. I mean, irritable would probably be <laughs> a fitting word. Yeah. And, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that uh, there's just, you know, as a society, we went through things that were super uncomfortable. Change is hard no matter what. And like, there there was no normalcy. It wasn't even like, and now the new normalcy with COVID. It was like, this week it's this, everyone stay home. And then in two months, it's like, hey, masks. And, or like, whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's like for two years, there hasn't really been a normal. Mm-hmm. It's been a constant adjusting. Mm-hmm. And then everyone yelling. <laughs> <laughs> and And yet you like have to like navigate those conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just talking about the COVID stuff too, mm-hmm. not other social issues or mm-hmm. political dynamics or like, and so trying to kind of locate yourself within like what's happening and what, okay, what do I, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Why? And like, right. It's just, that's exhausting. 
and everyone's yelling and you're, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, so I think there's lots of ways. I mean, I feel like now I, I, I'm seeing like the effect that there just is like, it just kind of like, I think stripped a lot of things bare in me. Mm. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of that again, like I said, raw and like kind mm-hmm. of frazzledness and mm. in, in trying to work through that. Um, not just get through it previously, but even now, like recover or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or like in mm-hmm. some of it too, is I mean, uncovering, I think it's some, some good things too. Mm-hmm. It's just hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think that's how I'd probably describe again, spiritually and emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and maybe specifically like in relation to God. I mean, just a lot of that of like, mm-hmm talking or crying out to God in that or being mad at God in that or mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> that it's like it's certainly not a oh here is the clear path mm-hmm. all the time you know mm-hmm. uh, it's like this is really hard mm-hmm. <laughs> can you it you don't have to but that just makes me wonder is there is there a top three list for you of I'm angry at God at this kind of thing coming out of this in this season uh-huh. or still in the season or coming out of the season. And if, and if you don't want to share that, it's okay. Could, yeah. Maybe you don't have a list. I don't know. Um, I, that just yeah. makes me, I'm going to, I'm going to think about that thought for myself. Like, no, am sure. I angry at God at something? And if I am, what is it? You know? Yeah. So I'm curious if you, um, if that comes to mind. I, I think at this, so experientially, I think that anger often doesn't really have or need justification like it's it's Mm -hmm. the emotion and so Mm -hmm. i mean i would say there's things i've been angry about that now i'd say okay i've processed that and sort of rebuked myself or what you know Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. but i'd say like in the moment um i think the church's response or the the church the the community that i'm a part of Mm -hmm. believers that i know um locally i mean i think this reaches further i mean just seeing how Christians navigated those difficulties um, and at times in such incredibly divisive and like combating ways mm. um, I mean that was infuriating mm-hmm. um, where there I mean there's just points where it's like I know there are plenty of times where I just hit a wall. I was like, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. We just need to all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, can mm-hmm. we just like, yeah, I said like that. if we just all do the same thing, mm-hmm. at least that, if it would work, would work better. Mm-hmm. Or like, otherwise you have people tangibly sacrificing in ways that other people clearly are not. Mm-hmm. And like, it just makes everyone angrier. And mm-hmm. like, so, and I don't, I, th- I think it's unrealistic to think everyone's going to think and feel about it the same way. There's just a point where like, I mean, we were nowhere near consensus mm-hmm. and I, I, I was infuriating, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think I would have hoped that as believers, we would have been able to respond better mm-hmm. as, even within our community, but also like within our communities mm-hmm. that, that our witness and how we navigated that would have spoken more good news. Mm. Um, in a way that I'm, I definitely don't think it did. And I, I think for me, and so it's interesting because I, I, at the time I would say I'm really mad and probably mad at God. Mm-hmm. Now I'd say that's not really God's fault, mm-hmm. but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's on us. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, so again, mad at God, I think that's seeing that, but you know, and that's the, just that bigger, 
as Christians, we can just be terrible to each other. Mm. Um, and in a way that you would think it's like, God, shouldn't we be better at this? Like, mm. aren't you involved with us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> aren't you like mm-hmm. unifying us somehow? Isn't there something that sets us apart in this way? Mm. I would, cause you know, you look around and then often it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think, I think being mad about that or like, shouldn't this be better? Mm. So that, that might be one. I think two would be just more of the trying to see the path through it. Mm-hmm. But, but that's, and again, I don't, I don't think God owes us an explanation. I don't think God always has to tell us where things are going. And I think that often I get angry and I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, God, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. Where are you taking me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, get over it. You know? And I, I get mad. You get mad at that. Oh yeah. Because I, I always hate that. Like I always want to know where it's going and what's going to happen. And, and so I get mad at God and I shake my fist and I complain. And then God's like, Yeah. Okay, I don't think I know this about you because I, I, when I think of you, I don't think, uh, I'm going to use this word, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're talking about a little bit of control. Mm. Okay, like... Like my wanting control. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but I don't sense that from you. Like, Interesting. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, would you say you're, you're in a lot of life, you're, you're a control kind of guy? Like, I mm. want to know... To the I point, think, yeah. I want to know, and I and, and I'm not okay not knowing. Mm-hmm. And if and if I can just know, then I can. Maybe it's not control. Maybe it's just knowledge. Or actually, like, I think that's it. I think hmm. yeah. I think understanding. Mm. I want to. I want to see and understand. And mm-hmm. so I think often with God, it's like I want to understand the plan. I don't need mm-hmm. to be in control of it. Mm. But like I can. I can let you be in control of it. It's hard to let you be in control of it when I have no idea what it is, you know, mm-hmm. where this goes. What does this mean for my wife's business? What does this mean in our ministry? What is like, and so that being in that mystery is really hard and also faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that dynamic of faith yeah. for me is always hard, but it's also, I think with a lot of the students I work with, because I can talk about that wrestling, mm-hmm. I think a lot of students really, really grab that of mm-hmm. like, cause they, they feel that of like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, you know, mm-hmm. in big ways. And mm-hmm. where maybe some of those grooves just aren't so clear where it goes. Um, mm. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's mm. a lot of my anger with God is usually, and, and, and again, I can say this, I'll shake my fist and complain and whine. And then at some point I process, I'm like, okay, I'm just complaining. And like, <laughs> yes, I trust you. But I want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just this morning, I heard a guy on another podcast, which I'm really enjoying listening to, um, said that as a younger guy, I think he said he's 52 now, but as a younger guy, he's now confessing as a 52-year-old that he used to create five and 10-year plans because he had felt the pressure from those around him looking mm. to him as a leader tell me the future leader and he would say i'm gonna go fabric basically fabricate a five-year plan 10-year plan to chart the into the unknown Mm -hmm. because he's like i have no clue and now partly pandemic partly age or whatever experience he's saying he's just kind of given up even on like the three-year plan or even the one-year plan he's more of a like Okay, we're this is this is generally what we do. Yeah. And we're gonna do it today and then we're gonna do it tomorrow. Yeah. And we're gonna keep doing that thing based more on values, he mm-hmm. said, than true knowledge of what's to come. And that that's been kind of 
just resonating in my mind the last couple hours before you arrived. And just thinking like, because I, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm a bit of a visionary. I don't want to say I'm great at it, but I've got a little bit of that in me. I want to project and go and try. And, and I think I'm mostly okay with failure, quote unquote failure back to the baseball thing. Yeah. But like, you know, but I want to, but I also want to swing the bat. You know, I want to, I want to get in the box and I want to give it a shot. And I, I want to try to win the series and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, but I, I think, um, I guess one point is I, I'm not, I'm not usually, I don't think I'm not put off by, let's put a five-year plan out and see if we can aim at it. But, but yeah. knowing there's no way I know, like, like if you actually want to hold my feet to those fires, you know, I'm going to yeah. struggle to say yes to that agreement. So Anyhow, yeah, so there's there's something there with knowledge, maybe maybe faith for you. Not control. I think I think we got that one off the table. So that's great. I you mentioned this is something I really appreciate about you. And um but it's also funny because I'm gonna broaden your thought and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but but Trevor Trevor's really good at I think um how can I put this? I, I think you're good at fulfilling your calling. Like you stay in your lanes, like my guess is you're really dedicated as a husband, as a father, as a son. I've seen you in all all of those arenas. I think that's you, and in your campus ministry role. So every when we talk a lot, a lot of times I'll hear you give the example. Well, students and students, and I, and I love that about you. I'm gonna broaden it for our audience because we don't have a lot of students <laughs> listening. I think a lot of people are in that boat. Yeah. You know, they yeah. a lot of people resonate with. I want to know, yeah, and I don't know, yeah. So, anyhow, and I, yeah, and then I think of like, so you know, frazzled, irritated, last two years. I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought this, or I thought this is where this was going. I thought this was happening. I thought, I don't know what to do. I thought this. I thought that. I thought, you know. Yeah, and then that, and in a lot of ways, for me and probably everybody, that shaking, you know, the last couple years just shook everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> everything's blurry. Okay, what's the pinch point for you, or do you have one? The squeeze point, a point like of tension, where, where maybe, okay, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but you go <laughs> where you're thinking, I don't know, ah. I've been shaken. And then you come to terms with that. I am shaken. I don't know. And I'm going to be okay not knowing. And then you feel tension or stress on your personal security of not knowing. And somebody comes on your, to you and goes, what do we do? And you're like, I don't know. And now (laughs) then it all rises up again. Does that make sense? Where, where that okay. tension rises up again because now somebody's looking at you. Is it your wife? Is it your job? Is it your kids? Is it your neighbor? Is it your parents? Is it sure. just you battling and cycling through? What stresses you to the point where where you might you might become more secure in not knowing, and then you it tempts you to jump back out and want to create an answer to the unknown. Hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. That's a long question. I um, hope that makes sense for y'all. I think. I mean, I think as a minister, and I, I'm sure you feel this pressure, but it, and this would affect other areas. So even like as a parent, um, 
just anytime you have someone looking to you to say, mm-hmm. what do we do? Like there's, there, there is a pressure that like you have to make a decision mm-hmm. and, and, and sometimes like you're unsure, but it's like, this is the best I've got mm-hmm. or like we've talked about it. I've tried it or whatever it is. We've prayed about it. We've like, I think this and I'm not a hundred percent. And so even at a point, it's like you start walking in faith, but it's not really in faith that like, that's the thing or that's the best answer or solution. It's just like, God, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm asking and I'm seeking and this is the best we can make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but I think that pressure at times and it be, yeah, that often you're ha- you have to still move forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that means somehow discarding faith. I, like, I think that is faith walking out. Of, mm-hmm. I mean, and in a weird way, it's saying, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And whether that's Abraham and the land, I, this is, I will show you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where this goes. I don't, this isn't clear. Or I, it's that direction, but I don't know if it's this step. Or like... Yep. But at some point, you still just have to step, or mm-hmm. you still just have to make a decision, and and then the critique of that, mm-hmm. whether it be family or your community or yeah. your congregation of like, and then everyone's ticked because it was that one, not that one. You're like, I don't know, man. I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why we made that decision. And, mm-hmm. You know. So I think yeah, there's definitely I think a pressure, and that you have to at some point in faith take that step or. Um, pick a direction mm-hmm. or, or say it like, I don't know, but I know this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in some way, probably communicate that. Mm-hmm. And then also carry that humility of like still being able to say, I didn't make this decision knowing for a fact that everything would work out mm-hmm. well in mm-hmm. these terms or like, mm-hmm. but being able to, again, in humility saying it may not have been the best decision. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and wearing that, but but I think there is a powerful. I mean, just walking in humility like that, I think is just powerful. Mm. Like when you encounter people that that do that well, mm. like I mean, in leadership, and then everyone's getting angry, and how that humility just starts to kind of like starts to calm things because mm-hmm. it invites people to faith of saying, "That's right, we don't know for sure, mm-hmm. or we don't know what the best way to handle this mess is." this is a big problem. We're not going to do that. Like that matters. Or praying and saying, I don't know. I just, I think that invites people with you to have faith um, and to acknowledge that even in all their angst about your decision that they don't know either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they might be mad about this effect, but you could still be moving or whatever, stepping in the right direction and that that's still good. Mm -hmm. Like that God's still working in that. Um, and it's still going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's getting at what you're asking. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I was asking really, but, <laughs> but I think, I think you're right. There's a lot, a lot that happens by inviting people to faith, you know, and because to your point earlier, like you don't, you don't know, we don't know. And I, I've been, I've been meditating on this, on this thought. I don't know where the verse is, but I know it's a Bible verse. And I should know it by now because I've been meditating on it. But uh, the secret things belong to God. And and I think, uh, I think it's in Deuteronomy comes to mind. But anyhow, um, so in other words, like even like, okay, we know the law. The law has been given. And here are the rules of life. They've been given. But right on the heels of that, there's that little verse, but the secret things belong to God. And it's like, 
there are some things that he's not given. Mm. And that seems to be like a lot of life to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like the specifics. Yeah. Like we know generally here are the things we ought to do and not to do. But how that gets played out is is crazy. I mean, not to go too far down a rabbit uh, trail here, but as we're recording today, yesterday Ukraine got invaded to... Mm. I think that's the right way to say that. It's officially invaded. We're on the brink of war, or they're, they're definitely yeah, at right. war, and, and NATO and everybody else. And, and so, yeah, how do you... I've I just been... They've been on my, on my heart and mind. The, these people, a lot of them... I know a few Ukrainians. I don't know that many. But, but just thinking, like, how do, you, how do you live in that? Like, how do you make sense of this? And if you're a Christian, how do you make sense of that? And how do you take steps of faith today that might have been really different than yesterday or the day before because your circumstances are really different? Yet we know the things to do. Yeah. You know, love your neighbor, love your God. You know, there's a lot of to-dos that we yeah. know. Yeah. But the circumstances just radically changed. Yeah. And that seems super challenging to me. Um Anyhow, again, I could talk about Ukraine today for a long time. It's just been on my heart and my mind quite a bit. But we won't do that. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast sometime. Um, all right, so resources. You know, the, the, the reason why I started the podcast is to, is to try to encourage people to, what, the way I say it is to go forward in the name of Jesus. To really, and we can unpack that phrase for a long time, but... You know, the power of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, the strength of Jesus, the, um, you know, the um, all the uh, omnipotence of Jesus. And so there's a lot of ways we could go with that, but that's the way I say it. And so I'm always asking these questions, like what resources would you have anyone or have to offer anyone that's listening? You have your book. So maybe, maybe we could talk about your book, sure, but if there's yeah. other resources. Yeah. I'll hand that back to you for yeah. a second. This is my copy, by the way. He gave it to me today. So. I should just walk around and start going, hey. Yeah, yeah. Did you sign it for me? I didn't because I didn't know if you already had one. I do, don't so, have one. So, yeah, yeah. Sign yeah he'll sign me a copy. Yeah, take that, podcast. Okay, but, um, yeah, so talk about the book or, yeah. or what other resources that come to mind to help people sure. stay close to the Lord, walk with Jesus, follow him. Yeah, um, I think. I would hope that my book falls into that category. Um, so the idea, I mean, in working with students, I often am, am quite literally walking through the stories of Jesus with students. And, mm. and, and at times, it's that they're encountering those stories for the first time, mm-hmm. even if they grew up in church, that they just had never read the gospel or a gospel. or mm-hmm. um, And finding that, you know, I, I love doing that with students. And we do it in a very conversational way. And so it's just kind of like, I, I mean, I can't always just sit down and do that with somebody. And the idea was, could I do that via a book? Mm-hmm. Or if there's folks that you know, are terrified of showing up at a church or sitting down with a minister, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so the idea was just, can I turn that into a book? And so it, a quarter of the book is, is actually like scripture block quotes. So mm-hmm. it, it has the story. And then essentially, as if we were getting coffee and talking about it, just some observations and, and things like that to try to help that story come out. And so mm. um, to help people encounter Jesus through uh, the gospel stories. Um, mm. I, I think it does that. Um, 
so I'd say for someone that feels like, okay, I know Jesus, crucifixion, resurrection, life, ministry, miracles, nice guy. Mm. <laughs> I think ideally that, that, that book would be for you. Though. Mm. That's, again, helping you step into those and interact with Jesus in those stories. Mm. Um, I think for folks um, on just more kind of the encouragement side, if you're just worn out and frazzled like me, uh, a, a few things or a few people that come to mind. Um, so Henry Nouwen, mm-hmm. uh, a writer, mm-hmm. um, priest slash minister, I, like he just has my number. Like it just seems like mm-hmm. it's it's impossible for me to read anything he writes fast because mm-hmm. it's like and his books are all tiny. Yeah, they're little. And like yeah. I'll read like five pages, be like oh, mm-hmm. I gotta, I need to sit with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people in ministry have that. It's mm-hmm. just because he kind of sees the behind or uh, he gets at that behind the curtain of the mm-hmm. inner workings and uh, maybe our insecurities. But mm-hmm. uh, a couple of his uh, books, in the name of Jesus, Return of the Prodigal. Um, have been significant for me in, mm-hmm. in thinking about like what it is to have faith and how that works out in life and doesn't work like mm-hmm. that faith isn't simply that God makes things go well which <laughs> it should be really obvious to us but mm-hmm. I think he gets at the experience of that tension well mm-hmm. um, in ways that's been really encouraging for me um, um, I think um, I just a, a great resource in general. I use a lot with students. Uh, the Bible Project, mm-hmm. all the different videos. I haven't. I know some, there's a podcast that I'm not familiar with it, but for folks that are just wanting to get into scripture more, like I think those do a great job with kind of like overviews to help somebody have a frame of reference of like where what is the Book of Genesis doing mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. so that the story can speak a little bit more as I read it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got a lot of good resources. Um, I think uh, there's a, a book by Donald Miller, uh, Million Miles in a Thousand Years. I love that. Years. Thousand yeah. Miles in a Thousand Years. Yeah, something. Years. Yeah. It's got a yellow cover. Yeah, I yeah. love that book. And uh, I think it's, like, to me, I think it's more of kind of a midlife, or like, mm. like I found that college students that I work with often are kind of like, meh. Really? And I think it's kind of a, a stage of life thing where like mm. he's describing himself as an adult and like reflecting on his life and basically being like, my life is boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in really, I think, beautiful and insightful ways gets at some of like our society and expectations and like how it's like we're prone to seek what's easy mm-hmm. and has no conflict and all these things. And, and like... I don't know that he necessarily goes there with it, but it's like, that's not the mission of Jesus. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and so he reflects it more as a story mm-hmm. and how like for any good story, there has to be struggle. And yet mm. our lives are so prone to avoid struggle. And so I, I don't, I mean, I, I think there's ways as a Christian, you can read this and I mean, you see gospel all over it. He's not, I think necessarily articulating that, mm. but um as a way to reflect on like what we're doing and are we avoiding difficulty or mm. are we interpreting struggle as meaning something is wrong mm-hmm. because it may actually be like part of the mission, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the mission, the journey that God has for us. And so um, I, I, I really like that book. I think a lot of his reflections on story and just how it's like this fits how what we see in scripture, like um, mm-hmm. is really useful 
in that yeah in that kind of haze of like I have a job <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm an adult mm-hmm. what am I doing or why or I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever's going on there so um, yeah anyway alright so we're gonna pause I didn't forgot to tell you, Kira, that we're doing a podcast interview today. <laughs> Do you know Kira, my daughter? Yeah, we've met. Okay. We've met. I can't yeah. remember. No, it's okay. I'm gonna check the phone and everything. Forty-seven minutes, not bad. Awesome. Um, yeah, we're still going. Can you talk, Trevor? Yeah. What do you yeah, need? Okay, it? That's good. Okay. I'm just making sure that it's recording. Um, plenty of battery. So that's good to know. We got forty. We're about forty-five minutes in. Okay. Uh, so we'll we'll wrap it up here. Before it gets muddy. Uh, little break and then we'll jump back in. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Bathroom break. Yeah. If you need one, it's right there. So. Sure. Sure. You made it back. Yes. I heard about a flat tire. Yes. Oh yeah. It was last week. Is that, is that all better now? Yeah, we bought a new tire. Yeah. All right. I, um, might have burst it hitting the curb, but that's okay. <laughs> she hit it hard enough, we think, that it it destroyed the. It exploded my the like the like pressure sensor in the tire. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah that's how hard I hit the curb. <laughs> well, pretty crazy. That happens. Yeah. That happens. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's right. Okay. Uh, when are you leaving? Um, Emmy's picking me up. Our flight got delayed. So, um, I mean, it's going to pick me up at 4.15. Okay. So I'm going to have to pick up Aaron at 4. Okay. Get back here. All right, we'll be we're wrapping up in fifteen minutes. Okay. And we might go. still hang out, but I got yeah. I got to pick up Kelsey in forty five. So. I'm gonna go chill. All right, we're gonna keep going then. Perfect. Nice to see you. Yeah. Just don't bump your music too loud. <laughs> well, you know me. Crazy thing. Uh, there, uh, there is actually one more I could. Yeah, yeah, well, resource I could point to. Before. Yeah, please. Yeah. Let's, Okay, we're back. Um, <laughs> my daughter came home, and we've we're this is quarantine kind of style. This is a <laughs> coronavirus, you know, COVID. We're at home, dogs are moving around, bathroom breaks, and kids are coming home from school. So, uh, side note: I've got a daughter who uh, is a senior, so she'll be leaving the home this fall. We're headed to Chicago in two weeks to do a campus visit. Which I'm really excited about, but we're back to right now with Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Trevor's going to tell us a little bit, a few more resources. Yeah, uh, another one. I think that has been really helpful for me, and that may kind of others. There's a ministry called Harbor Ministries, mm-hmm. um, but they do several. I would describe them as like retreats, but it's groups, mm-hmm. and they're they're aimed at certain people in certain phases of life. And so, um, they had a group or a, there's a ministry of Harbor called Rhythm in Twenty um, that was aimed at helping people early on, earlier on in life and ministry, and to prevent. Basically, they saw how it's like so many ministers end up divorced and leaving the ministry and so on and so forth. It's like what they could maybe do with folks to help them build some healthier foundations in life and ministry to hopefully avoid that. And so, mm-hmm. um, anyway, I was a part of a group called it was rhythm in 20. Um, where it's like for three years, we do these retreats that, um, involve some spiritual practice stuff, some perspective stuff on life and ministry. 
um, that was really good for me. Mm. Um, they've got, uh, I know there's another group, another uh, ministry of Harbor is called Rogue, and it's folks, uh, I'd say more in the thick of things are on the latter half of like probably their work life. And mm. so um, midlife to maybe retiring, thinking about kind of like how do you finish well, what does mm. that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know now that they have something for women because at first it was all just dudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so they've got another group for women, and I think they're starting something for college students. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that was really good for me, um, mm-hmm. and working through some of those kind of like how do I, what is a healthy spiritual life, and how to recognize some of the red flags of things are starting to get off kilter or mm-hmm. whatever that would be. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's great. We've talked about that uh, before, that ministry, and that's a good reminder. I, I need to look into it for my life. Um, we'll we'll put uh, links in the show notes to every resource Trevor has given, and there's probably more that you've got. I'm confident you're a resource kind of guy, so uh, we'll definitely link to your book. And um, I'm actually managing three websites currently, so... With your permission, I'll I'll get the book on the websites and kind of use them as a resource uh, to other um, to on those sites. So anyhow, okay, uh, kind of wrapping up here towards the end of our time today. Hopefully, as I'm sitting here with you, I'm thinking we're 35 minutes apart. Surely we could do this more than once a year. <laughs> so we'll figure this out. Maybe I can convince you to do that with me. Uh, but, okay, so I'm, I'm curious about this one because um, I recently heard, I think it was yesterday, I heard the, the thought, and this felt like mind-blowing to me. I've known this story, and, and I know this is true, but it, to me it felt new that God often speaks in the silence or the whispers, how we, uh, the translation is that God was to the prophet Elijah was not in the whirlwind or the earthquake or the fire, which he already had talked. He already had spoken in those ways to his people, but he's now in what the Bible says is a, a gentle whisper or a quiet word. But I, this is what I heard yesterday. I haven't looked it up for myself this man that I heard speaking about this said uh, the actual translation, the word that we translate as whisper is actually um, um, deafening silence or something like that. And so he said, but but the writers don't know how to describe silence. (laughs) And so we use the word soft voice or whisper. That's the closest we have. And it just struck me. I mean, I sat, I was in the car and I was like, <gasps> God speaks in silence. Uh-huh. So I'm curious, how do you usually hear from God? Yeah. Um, do you hear from God? Yeah. And if you no, do, I, how? Uh, so I guess there's kind of two directions. Actually, I'm going to, the Rhythm of 20 stuff, one of the disciplines was what we call a space day. I think you've heard me talk mm-hmm. about that. And it's basically like a prayer fast day. Mm-hmm. And the whole point actually related to that, mm-hmm. uh, the spiritual practice of silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now to where like, I mean, even my wife knows there's times where she's like, it's time for you to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but now it's, it's crazy that 
in creating those space, sometimes I hear people use the word like margins in mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. that like the chaos or the, the fog or the cloud, like the dust kind of settles and you can see. Mm-hmm. And like, so for me, that silence relates to one of the byproducts is a clarity. Mm-hmm. And, and that often God speaking in the silence is that there's a calming peace or, I mean, if there's something that's trying to come up that's I'm not letting, mm-hmm. it comes out. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not necessarily a voice. But the effect is that when that's a part of my life, there's often just more clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my experience then is that when that's not a part of my life, things start to get foggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's once I start saying that to people or I see that, that's, it's like... I need to stop. I need to shut up. I need to, like, mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, and sit more with God. Um, mm. I think the, the the ways I would describe hearing from God, usually I would say it's like um, like a, a weighty word or phrase often mm. is what I encounter. Mm. It could be a realization that has a weightiness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard conviction, I think, fits that some. Mm-hmm. Um and so for me, often that, that comes up, like it could be a conversation, it could be a show, it could be something I read, it could be in scripture. It's just, for, for, at some point it meant that I had to start realizing or like considering that because mm. it's easy just to blow by mm-hmm. that something like poked me mm-hmm. or like, um, and now, I mean, learning and recognizing it's like, oh, that actually I think is God. <laughs> like, I think, mm-hmm. um, and you know, not necessarily the booming voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk about the silence, I, I never thought of this, but the burning bush story mm-hmm. is actually more of what you just described. Mm-hmm. Where when we think burning bush, mm-hmm. like if we say that, usually in my mind, that meant like there's this big thing that mm-hmm. like you grabs your attention. Mm-hmm the neon light and it's like I guess in this story I, I don't remember the exact wording it's like Moses it's like Moses stopped and he like turned and noticed mm-hmm. like it's actually like mentioned it's yeah. like there's this thing like <laughs> yeah. off over there mm-hmm. while he's out and about mm-hmm. but like he turned and noticed mm. and then mm. he approached it mm-hmm. and then it spoke mm. then God spoke right mm-hmm. he heard the voice and so but it's not like, again, it wasn't this big thing that was unavoidable, and it wasn't God in the booming mm. voice going, hey! And then yeah. you're like, oh, the bush is on fire! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... He noticed, he approached... Right? Mm. There's, like... There's a path there and, and, and in my life, again, that hearing from God often is as like, a half to look and listen. Mm. I have to notice. And, and for me, usually when I... Like, there's that weighty phrase or idea or something... Uh, I have to actually spend time with it too. Mm-hmm. And, and right now in my life, that usually means talking with my wife. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. just so basic to have mm-hmm. my process. When I was unmarried, I, I mean, I journaled a lot mm-hmm. with friends or talked, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, but often now hearing from the Lord is, and again, it's, it, it can be scripture. It could be a sermon. It mm-hmm. could be a book. It could be a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, but just noticing when something like mm-hmm. it's poking me, mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always overwhelming, but mm. that I have to give it attention. And so, mm. um, I'd say that's, yeah, how I hear from God. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not a, that's not necessarily a specific practice. Mm-hmm. I think that it definitely mm-hmm. involves mm-hmm. certain practices. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then maybe would kind of connect this to like the way that I think about prayer now has definitely changed. Mm. Uh, and, and, and it's just, you know, growing up prayers, communication with God, mm-hmm. one way or another, I think in my life that meant talking to God mm-hmm. and then starting to learn the real conversation. Mm-hmm. Listen also, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so growing in that and then to where now, uh, a lot of prayer is less me praying for things mm-hmm. and more of me sitting with mm-hmm. and like, and I think some of that too is in this more chaotic season with little kids and like often it's the, that stillness of getting mm-hmm. to sit with God and like be aware that I'm sitting with God or, mm. uh, and, and, and less the laundry list of all the things going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now my prayers often are that, and then kind of on the go, a lot of like simple and raw prayers, mm-hmm. um, that, um, yeah, again, oh, this is starting to get away from hearing from God, but, um, I, th- I guess I think it's too sad. Like, I think often those simple raw prayers are connected to the things that I'm hearing and seeing, mm-hmm. um, but of being able to say, I'm really mad, God. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, that's okay to say. Mm-hmm. And then often I'll say things to God and afterwards we're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, why didn't you give me what I wanted? Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm being selfish. Right. Yeah, right. Like, right. but that actually that simple raw, like actually communicate, actually say it, just let it out. Mm-hmm. Like allows me to see it and allows me to see myself. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, right. It hits me. Oh, I'm, selfish yeah yeah that's your word <laughs> or whatever it is yeah right so um yeah hmm. but yeah so I, and that again there's hmm. different ways of praying there's different things you pray about and all that but hmm. i think uh that area in my life has related a lot to those prayer days hmm. and the trying to notice things and i think the things that i get no- noticed are often related to those like God, where is this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this. What's going on here? I need this. Mm-hmm. And I really am just saying, hey, God, would you do so-and-so? But I'm probably really mad <laughs> in the process. Right. And then something happens. I'm like, oh, there, there it is. Okay. Mm. So. I've got two final questions that have come up. And they're, one's kind of already on the sheet here. But, um, but any practical... Um, practices that you do as a dad of two little boys, two little kids, as it relates to quiet and stillness. Because one thing I know about children, we all probably know, is they're rarely quiet, (laughs) nor are they rarely still. You know, they they don't stay still, and they're not quiet. And you're talking about quietness and stillness. So I'm like... That doesn't seem to jive <laughs> with a home of small kids. Yeah, yeah. So, but you you said you're doing it, or mm-hmm. it sounds like it's happening. Yeah. And so it doesn't sound like this is something you're going, well, I'll, I'll do that in 10 years when, it, when I have right. more quiet. Like right now, I've got quiet and still in my house. Yeah. My kids are older, and they're gone, and there's a lot of quiet and a lot of still besides my dog. Yeah. For you, yeah. What, what, how do you do it? Give us something that we can walk away with where you go, I just have to do this or that, or your wife, where Rachel says, You got to go, yeah, you know, whatever. So, 
give us something if you don't mind. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned that space day approach. There's a way, I know it's different for me than it will be for probably everyone that's listening, just because as a minister, I mean, some of these things are actually part of my job. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, in my work, it's actually okay for me periodically to take, like, a retreat day. Like, that's part of my work. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way it's, it's easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, as long these lines, as Rachel and I have had conversations about, it's like, how do we do this so it's not just me? Mm-hmm. And what would this mean for Rachel? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, on a Saturday, I need to watch the kids, or mm-hmm. whatever it would be. Um, and it's really cool, as we were talking about that, and this cracks me up, there's mm-hmm. an example of, like, we're just starting to have that conversation, and then my mom was like, hey, once a month, I'd like to watch your boys for an entire day. Boom. Yeah, and it cracked us up because we're like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, this isn't just, it's not just, I mean, like, well, Trevor can do that for Rachel, but like, whoa, of mm-hmm. course. Like, mm-hmm. why, right? That, that's not rocket science. And mm-hmm. so I, I think just trying to think of what those rhythms might be mm-hmm. and like having some intentionality behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like, I, I mean, I, I know parents that it's the every morning they wake up before the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, that's great. Uh, I also think there are folks that like, that's probably not realistic or like when the season that we were not sleeping, like that wasn't realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it really was just God help us. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I remember in that season, someone taught me a prayer mm-hmm. that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, for some other reasons too, but, um, as a way of just reflecting on God's presence with me when it's not quiet, mm-hmm. uh, it was just, the uh, as I, whatever I'm doing, as I walk with my son, mm. uh, the father walks with me. As I walk with my son, the son walks with me. As mm. I walk with my son, the spirit walks with me. Mm. And like, it gives me chills how much there were times, usually when I'm frazzled mm. or just restless because, I don't know, my kiddos are bathing and it's been more than five minutes. I'm restless because I just I'm like, I got to do something, mm-hmm. or, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, that just saying that, walking myself through that prayer. Mm just started to allow that like God is in these chaotic moments and then the noisy stuff and with mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and um, I probably just need to embrace that more mm. <laughs> um, and then it's not only mm-hmm. the silence or only the mm-hmm. morning quiet time or whatever it would be mm-hmm. um, I think uh, with the boys you've heard me talk about this I actually I'll share it because I love it uh, and <coughs> I, we do Crosby's one and a half and so like he's not actually speaking yet um, he would understand probably more than I want to think he would but mm-hmm. with Lincoln we do different verses memory mm-hmm. verses mm-hmm. Um, and there's one that we've been doing every night that I love that it like it gets me and mm-hmm. I don't even know how much he even understands what it means yeah. and it's fun to try to talk to him about it so we took Psalm 23 mm-hmm. and it basically like it's like our paraphrase mm-hmm. for our four year old oh and, that's amazing and I want to share it just cause like I love it. Like, we do it, and it's just like, oh. And so, um, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing else I want. He rolls around in the grass with me. He walks by the water with me. He makes me feel better. Mm. Even when it's dark outside, I will not be afraid, for you are with me. You keep me safe and show me the way. You make dinner and everyone's invited. Mm-hmm. You tell me I'm special and I'm full of joy. I know your goodness and love 
will always go with me, even when I'm older, and I'll always have a place to call home. Mm. It gets me emotional just saying that. Like, yeah. And I think, I, I mean, I think any parent knows. It's like those bedtimes, man, those routines, mm-hmm. those, it's like, it's just that special sacred space. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like with Lincoln, we do it. He knows it all. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll just do it. Sometimes I say a line, he says a line, mm-hmm. like, but he, like, he likes it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's just cool. Um, mm-hmm. so I, and I, it's like, I, yeah, for me, I mean, there's plenty of days where like, that's, that's probably that most peaceful moment I've had all day. Or yeah. the most like, that guy is, is there with us and I, I can taste it and mm. uh, there's just something beautiful to it mm. so well brother I, I think we ought to end right there <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's really good and um, I'll I'll, um, I'll get a transcript of that and if you don't mind yeah, yeah. and I'll put it in the show notes and people can just take those words or you know paraphrase your own version yeah but I like that version quite a bit, and um, and it makes me think. Yeah, we could do that with other other scripture. Yeah, too, you know. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like the, the four year old. Like, how do I? And, yeah. and, 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 and it's so crazy that like it makes me emotional. If I read it the normal way, yeah, I wouldn't know. It wouldn't be the but same. But somehow, like the simplicity <clears throat> and the relatability mm-hmm. or something, like mm-hmm. it just like floors me. What's the line again about the dinner he makes? He makes dinner and everyone's invited. Oh man, <laughs> that's so good for that. That you know we've been talking about church and things, yeah, so yeah. that that hits me right where right where I'm at. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, <clears throat> first episode in <clears throat> over a year, and um, Trevor was kind enough to. Scratch my itch. <laughs> I really think, you know, <clears throat> I have this thing going on in my throat now. But I, I, I'm hoping we'll keep going with this ministry. I, I think it's back to the calling and thoughts, but I, I think it's part of what God wants me to do. So I'm going to keep trying as long as people are willing to keep coming on. Uh, we're actually almost at a thousand downloads. I think I might have told you that. Did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah we're we're around nine. Last I looked, I think we're like nine thirty-five or so. So it's pretty cool. Like you know, it's thinking like if we hit a thousand, maybe I'll give away Trevor's book or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The book is called Strange Revolution. Revolution, uh, exploring the life of Jesus by my friend Trevor Petty. It's really, uh, it looks really good. I'm looking forward to reading it. Trevor and I get to hang out. If you're in Northern Colorado, look us up. I'll link all your social or contact information in the podcast notes as well. Um, He's got a lot more he could share. I'm confident. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll end today's podcast right there. And let me just pray for us to close. And then we'll probably hang out a bit more or whatever he wants to do. So, all right, let's pray. Well, wasn't that awesome? Thanks, Trevor, for coming on the 1138 podcast. And um, I hope you got something out of that uh, interview with my friend. I can tell you that I think the Psalm 23 praying with the kids is um, worth its 
waiting gold, if you will. Um, but check out Trevor's book, uh, The Strange Revolution, or not The, just Strange Revolution by Trevor Petty. Uh, hit us up on social media or you know, message us and we can maybe talk or if you're in northern Colorado, we can get together. Um, and yeah, just thanks for listening again and jumping back into the podcast here with me. So um, for this time, until the next time, I hope that you can go forward in the name of Jesus. All right. Many blessings. <laughs>